We had a record, it was like a fake record store called Proud of Ross. It was a fake record store. And these Jamaican guys worked there. And what you would do is, is you would like buy a pack of incense and give them $20. And you would get your fucking nickel bag of weed, you know, like, you know, like, so they would put it in the bag with the incense. It was a store, you know, and that's how you got your weed. Out of store. This was back in the day. This was the 90s. That was <laughs> an introduction clip by my drag mother, Cheetah Daniels Kennedy, one of many tapes that I have of her, as well as little bits of her best friend and my gay father, Brian. Just like how people have a drag mother, I also have to have a gay dad, and that's him. I love you, Brian. Occasionally, I'm going to open up the show with clips that are ridiculous like that just to set the mood because it makes me super duper happy, and it also lets you know what you're getting into whenever you decide to listen to this shit show. So, hope you're buckled in, kiddos. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Let's do the damn thing. Motherfuckers, it is so nice to be able to speak with you. I missed you guys so much. How you been? How are you? Tell me what's good. Is everything going good? I hope it is. Because you deserve it. And I love you. Thanks for listening. I'm coming back. This is episode two. I wanted to get into it. Sorry for the wait. Um, I've been in the middle of a bunch of shit. Mostly trying to plan and trying to schedule this podcast episode along with everything else that comes with just starting a podcast. So I've been making schedules, planning, and trying to get all of that done. It was also my birthday. I turned uh, 25. Ah, that feels weird to say. Um, (laughs) 25, I'm not gonna lie, it does make me feel kind of old, but I know that I still kind of look like I could pass for 19 or something. I hope I hope that um, keeps working out for as long as possible. I also, for my birthday, went back to Houston. I spent my birthday with my nephews and niece. It was so fucking cute, you guys. It was so cute. I love every moment with them. I'm just going to catch you up on everything that I've been up to because it's been like two weeks and that's a fucking long time. We jumped on a trampoline. I had one of the worst cupcakes that I've ever had in my life because I absolutely was not in the mood for sweets. I know, oh god, I feel like I'm canceled already, but I'm just not really a sweets dude. Like, Aside from chocolate chip cookies and chocolate brownies and stuff, even depending on the type of ice cream, if it's not chocolate something, I can spoil my whole appetite and I will feel like, I don't know what it is, like if I have the lick of like buttercream frosting on something, I just won't want to eat for like the rest of the day, depending on whatever mood I'm in, but... Sweets, for the most part, completely kill my appetite. I do love, and I always will, fuck up a chocolate cheesecake, though. And that shit is hard to find. But shout out to chocolate cheesecake, because, bitch, we have to. We must. We simply must stan. I also met up with my awesome aunt, Papoose. Shout out to Papoose. I don't even know if you're ever going to hear this, but you are the shit and I love you. Um, Me and my tia Papoose, we listened to some vinyl records. She's got a phonograph that plays 
vinyl records and you can burn the records onto a CD. And Aunt Papoose is the original disco queen. Don't let anyone ever tell you different. She invented the moves. And so we got together, listened to a bunch of disco music and burned them into CDs, which I jam in my car ferociously. I usually like to have two birthday parties if possible, like one in San Marcos and one back home. I just love parties. That doesn't look like it's going to be possible after all. I only had my little shindig. I talked to my parents and um, some people may have seen this. I'm going to basically have a giant party at my parents' house. I don't know if they know that. They probably don't. We're trying to keep it a secret. You know what? I'm just going to read the Facebook post so that way you guys understand how serious I'm being here. I don't know how many of you saw this. Um, it got a shit ton of likes whenever I posted it. But basically, I did a Facebook post. Here it is. It says, By the way, my parents said I can have a birthday party in the spring slash summer. We can wild out and use the pool and stuff. I never got to have a high school graduation party or a college graduation party, so I kind of want to invite a lot of y'all and have my parents just deal with all the company. Who's down? I know y'all got kids and shit, but hell, even they would have friends to hang with. That post got like a hundred something likes. Um, I don't know how many people are actually down for it, but if you are down send me a message. Everyone who liked it is automatically just going to be invited on Facebook, but it's going to be pretty much friends and super fans only. So if you're listening to this and you stand and you show me love and you send me all the shit, chances are you're already fucking invited, but just hit me up, send me a DM and I'll send you the address sometime in spring or summer. Originally, we were going to try and have a party in January, if possible, whenever I came down. But my mom was like, why not wait until, like, April or May or something whenever it's hot so that way people can use the pool. And then I just saw a vision of having so many people at my house and it made me smile so much. Because, like I said, I never got to have a huge party like that. And I'm hoping that we can do this. So, stay tuned. Like, <laughs> this is going to be a developing story. We'll see where it all ends up. If you want an invite, message me at The Grego Show on Facebook. Or if you know how to fucking reach me, Greg Gone Wild, also on Twitter. So the last time I spoke to you guys, it was right before New Year's. It was actually New Year's Eve, and I was getting ready to go to the 2020 ball. So um, newsflash, spoiler alert, I ended up going. It was super duper fun. It's hosted by Sister Fisters, this super sick brother and sister that's Honey Baby and Brujo. I say brother and sister, but... It's it's gay boys. Honey Baby is like this beautiful fucking vision and Brujo is like doing this whole spooky vibe thing. I live for it. It was hosted by the House of Plastic, which has actually now turned into the House of Lepore. Congrats on the rebrand. I fucking stand for Lepore all the time. It was super duper fun, guys. I haven't ever done voguing um, seriously like at a ball before, like a real ball. Um, I used to throw balls, but it was kind of like a pose edition of a ball. And uh, for those of you who don't know, ballroom culture is basically like a subculture within gay culture. <laughs> I feel like this is like gay inception right now, but... A lot of people who listen to this are straight and they're not going to know. So for the straight people, you uncultured swine, ball culture is basically 
a product of the Harlem Renaissance where black and Latino queer youth and trans folk kind of came together. And even older queens always give it up for the older queens. Always. Um, They would gather around. It was very subversive. A lot of the time it was because people of color who were queer were not necessarily welcomed into white gay spaces either. So they would gather around and do fashion shows and dancing um, Vogue battles, which voguing, if you are not familiar, get your fucking life. Go and just YouTube the shit out of it because that is my favorite. There's voguing, like, Madonna's style of voguing. Um, and then there's also kind of like a street voguing that kind of seems more breakdance influenced. Um, I got down and I actually entered this ball, which is like my first time entering a ball, and did the voguing category. I ended up getting chopped. Ah! I got chopped! No, it's okay. You can't win them all. And also, like, voguing people always take it to the next level so that I'm not even gonna fucking front, like, your bitch wishes, okay? <laughs> voguing is my shit. I love, I love it. I will not say that I am the best at it. To a lot of people, they say that I'm the best Vogue dancer that they know, and for that, I say... Please look at YouTube because your boy simply wishes. <laughs> we have a little bit more show for you, so we're going to take a quick break here. I love you guys. Thanks for still listening. named Mrs. Mulligan and she was a really nice lady she wore a lot of makeup and I loved it I was in her math class and I wanted to stare at her eyeshadow and her blush because every day it was like even more even more beautiful even more beautiful she's snatched up in a wig of a cane now well she used to be oh, painted yeah, down fiercely for the sixth grade yes. she was and it was like it was, I was like mesmerized by her drag. It was so Well, anyway, so very nice lady, community, everyone knows her. Before I moved to New York, I had the opportunity to see her again after many years and everything. She wished me luck. And about three months later, I was living in New York with Brian. And there was this thing called Broadway on Broadway, where all the Broadway shows would go out to the street and do a number, and people would come here. So it was a big event in Times Square. And I was supposed to go meet him down there. Well, there were thousands of people. We were going to meet each other. It was before there was a cell phone to text. It was before. Can you imagine a time? You can't. You can't. But there was a time. And I was there. So I decided, I'll hang out. You know, I was checking it out. I was new to the city still. And I was like, I'm in front of the Marriott Marquis. I'm going to go up in there. So I go up to some random floor in the Marriott Marquis. And I'm walking around, checking out the view, and I see the maid's card. I'm like, you know what? We don't have any towels. And we don't have any fucking toilet paper. And I got my satchel right here. I had it packed away, and I go to the elevator. Mind you, there's one, two, three, four, five, like all these different elevators that could open and take you down. One opens, I walk in. Mrs. Mulligan from the sixth grade who I had just seen right before I moved was in the elevator. Just me and Mrs. Mulligan. We screamed and jumped up and down for like four floors, you know, like I said, Mrs. Mulligan, what are you doing here? She's like, I'm at a conference. She's like, what are you doing here? Stealing I'm so- <laughs> So you know she sells some towels and some toilet paper from the Marriott Marquis. Now they didn't mind. It was just fine. They had more. We were starving artists in New York.
So lately, um, I've been going to the gym like crazy. I got a 24-hour gym membership. So, yeah, my life is going to be fucking changed. I have insomnia like crazy. So having a gym membership that's open 24-7, I just can't even fucking wait. And it's at basic-ass Planet Fitness, but I have that black card shit. And if you have never experienced a hydro massage, I don't know what the fuck to tell you other than get your ass in one. Because 25 bucks a month for, like, basic weights that I need and cardio equipment, sign me the fuck up right there. But the Black Card membership lets me use any gym that I want to anywhere. And then also it comes with, like unlimited hydro massage and this beautification machine red light treatment thing. I don't know if I'm ever going to try that, probably, but I don't know. It kind of seems like it's going to give me space cancer or something. Like, you might be laughing, but who the fuck knows with any of this shit? I mean, really, we're like living in the twilight zone. Um, But that hydro massage, it's basically like a waterbed that you lay down in and you can adjust the pressure and the speed in the area that the water comes at your back into. And it can go from like your toes to your freaking head. So you can focus on your shoulders, your lower back, whatever. And then halfway through the hydro massage, the water gets hot and it feels fucking amazing um low-key it does kind of feel like you're getting molested a little bit but like getting molested in a good way and don't try and fucking cancel me for any of these jokes these are just jokes okay molestation against your will is not fucking cool I know that you're not telling anybody new also you don't choose how people cope so I don't want to fucking hear it Anyways, molested in a good way. Me and my drag sister, Tasha, um, she had a membership before me, and I started going with her. And as soon as I got that hydro massage, I knew that I needed a membership. Because when I tell you I was leaving that bed, and I was like, what's his name? What is his name? How can I even say goodbye? It hurts to say goodbye. And it is that serious. You will fucking Jack and Rose from Titanic. You will miss that hydro massage. Don't sleep on it. Aside from going to the gym like crazy, I'm going to try and do like a meme of the week, a song of the week, and like a TV show of the week. Heads up, fair use, whatever. Fair use and commentary. You can use clips of shit if it's for commentary. The song of this week is Love Reaction by Divine. Here's a little clip of it. Now, tell me that doesn't fucking jam. Like, it is always the right time for love reaction. I don't give a fuck. Meme of the week? Let me see. Meme of the week. I I don't really have one this week. And I know that people are probably going to roll their eyes or whatever. But get the fuck over it. This week, we will just have a song of the week because there weren't that many memes that have tickled my fancy yet. Sorry about it. I don't want to give you trash. I only want to give you gold. So I I gave you divine. 
You should love that. If you don't know who Divine is, she was a drag queen from, like, back in the day. She is the physical inspiration behind Ursula from The Little Mermaid's portrayal. She was also the original mother in John Waters' Hairspray. And if you want to check out something cool, there's even a Netflix documentary on Divine. And she makes amazing disco music. One of, like, one of my favorite songs from her is You Think You're a Man. And I'm actually going to be channeling that look later this weekend. Let's start talking about some events that are going to go on this weekend and next week. Coconut Club, again, this last podcast episode that I told you guys about, I talked about being possessed by the sorcery of Pink Star and Y2K at the Coconut Club. We're doing it round two. I'm literally inviting everybody that I know to come because it is going to be a fucking event. While I was at the gym, I was actually jamming to Y2K's DJing. <laughs> Isn't that like the most futuristic shit you've ever heard of? Like going on the treadmill and jamming to your friend DJing live on Instagram. That's pretty fucking cool. So Coconut Club on this Saturday the 18th. Super fucking excited. And then next week is actually an event that I'm going to be in and be co-hosting a section of. It's called Queer Campout. It's on Friday the 24th in San Marcos. It's thrown by Queer Theater Texas. That's one of my friends, Derek Thomas Miller. He is a super wonderful dancer, creative soul, kind spirit. I love the fuck out of Derek Thomas Miller. He is the shit. So I'm going to be co-hosting a section of that. It's going to have comedy portions, uh, storytelling events, and it's also going to have my drag mother, Cheetah Daniels Kennedy, my drag sister and Vogue Ball co-host, Tasha Fierce Kennedy, and one of my sisters, Tequila Rose, DJing by DJ Joey. He is a super duper great friend of ours. We stan DJ Joey. It is going to be a gay kiki, and also, we are going to have a ball. Um, I talked earlier about how I went to, like, one of my first ballroom things. I used to throw pose versions of a ball, um, like, pose the TV show. So, basically, I'm going to be doing that again, and every single time I throw a ball with Tasha we get some of the most gag-worthy drag talent showing up and turning it the fuck out. So I'm super-duper excited for that. If you're listening to this and you want to be a part of it and it's not the 24th yet, please hit me the fuck up. We would love to have you. It is going to be a little bit of a tighter show, but we'll fucking make it work and we will have so much fun. One thing that I almost forgot about, um, almost immediately after New Year's, after I had just re-edited my first podcast episode, I went on to Facebook and I see that I'm blocked from posting and that I have a post that's under review or whatever. So I'm like, what the fuck did I post? And then it was from like two weeks ago. So I look into it, and apparently I got blocked over a fucking meme that I posted. And it's a Clayton Bigsby meme, which is the black white supremacist who's blind skit from Dave Chappelle. And it's like him in the middle of saying white power, and then at the bottom it says, I'm going to tell my kids this is Kanye West. Whenever they actually showed me the picture, I started fucking laughing so hard because I was like, this is accurate as fuck. So, like, first I just started immediately laughing my ass off because that's that meme is fucking gold. You know, we talk about a meme of the week, that's going to be the fucking meme of the week. But Facebook sent me a thing and was like, you've been blocked because this goes against our community guidelines. And I was like, 
Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. And they asked me in my little report thing on Facebook, would you like to dispute it? And I was like, fuck yeah, because I love to argue. We can do this shit all day. I don't have shit to do. It's 2 a.m., bitch. I'm not sleeping until 7. And also, I needed to promote the show and stuff, so... Um, I was really gonna try and fucking lawyer my way out of it. So, me being the asshole that I am, who loves to argue, I immediately started going through the community guidelines, because I was like, who does this make fun of specifically? Like, what kind of group of people does this make fun of? And I started, like, really thinking about it more as I examined that question. Because I read through the community guidelines and it was basically, like, don't make racist jokes that are targeted towards specific groups. And I was like, well, even though it's a white supremacist parody, it's not really making fun of black people. And it's not really making fun of white people either. It's making fun of one person, and that's Kanye West. And I was like, who would even find this offensive? And I know how dumb that sounds, because it's a white supremacist thing, and it's like a black dude being a white supremacist, but it's parodying the ridiculousness of white supremacy. So I was like, um, did a white supremacist report me because they got their feelings hurt? And I started, like, really thinking about it more because I was like, it's not, like, actually white supremacist. It's not actually racist. I started thinking, okay, maybe it's offensive to blind people. And then, like, not to be fucked up about it, but I was like, well, blind people aren't going to see it. So it's not like a blind person reported it, you know? So... I just, I didn't know, because the more that I thought about it, I was like, this isn't really specific to anyone other than Kanye West. Is Facebook trying to protect Kanye West? Are, are we not allowed to talk shit about Kanye? So I ended up replying back with something along the lines of like, this isn't white supremacy, this is satire of white supremacy. The guy is black in the picture himself. And then I even threw in a little bit more uh, lawyering just to be an asshole. I was like, and also, I'm a person of color, and this is satiring white supremacy, so if anything, post-blocking me is more racist because I'm making fun of white supremacy. So I just submitted that, and um, let me tell you, it is fucked up to be post-blocked. I mean... Like, I know this is going to sound like super duper whiny shit, but if we really dig into the psychological implications that post-blocking can have on someone, think of it as like if everyone around you is allowed to speak and like you couldn't say anything at all. It even went beyond not being able to post to like it straight up wouldn't let me react to pictures or things that people were saying and that fucked me up they wouldn't even let me heart react to things which was really where I drew the fucking line I was like oh it's no big deal if I can't post anything but if I can't fucking comment or react or anything like that that is super fucked up and it's like it's almost like when you're in elementary school and you get in trouble and all the other kids are allowed to play outside and you have to watch from the window. It was like that. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to shoot the shit now and uh, see if I can just save a bunch of memes to post for whenever the post block is off. And again, I'm going to plug my fucking memes. If you're bored, look at The Grego Show and just share some fucking memes um, trying to get the podcast out there to people, and that's the best way to do it. But I was like, yeah, I'm gonna look for some fucking memes to post and share. And I was doing other stuff for the show, and five hours later, at like seven o'clock in the morning, I get 
a notification from Facebook that's like, this was our bad. We reviewed the content and found out that it wasn't against our community guidelines. And bitch, I, I was gagged. I sat there and I stared at my computer and I was like, wow, not gonna lie. I thought you motherfuckers had me for a second. I really thought you had me. Because there was a point when I was like midway through writing my thing back that I was like, well, it's a blind KKK person. I think I like screamed or something. I literally felt like I defeated Facebook itself. Like, I am the new network conglomerate that is dominating your fucking life. I was Apple. I'm Microsoft. I'm Google. I'm all of it. Ain't nobody gonna defeat me, the fuck? Been that bitch, still that bitch. If you want big dick energy, fucking school Facebook on their own shit. Because people always ask me why I like to argue. Because of shit like that. Because sometimes I'm actually right about things. Or I get away with it. And that is just as good as being right. So fuck it. I just wanted to share that with you guys because I thought that was pretty funny. I would have never in my life thought that I would be able to overcome a Facebook block. But apparently being an argumentative asshole comes in handy. So don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't be yourself. After the 2020 ball, I went to Houston to hang out with my family. And uh, at some point, I looked at my phone and saw that we were possibly going to be getting into World War III with Iran. To that, I pretty much have to point to this video that I found on YouTube forever ago that lists a bunch of countries that we're probably going to go to war with eventually. And I'm going to play it right now. This is audio from Democracy Now!, which is like a left-leaning news organization. They're super-duper left, but the person that they're talking to in this video is General Wesley Clark. He's a retired four-star U.S. Army general and was the supreme allied commander of NATO during the War of Yugoslavia. So, enjoy this spooky clip. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the Joint Staff who had used, used to work for me, and one of the generals called me and he said, Sir, you got to come in, you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq? Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to Al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later. And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So NBC has reported that Trump actually approved that assassination like seven months ago. And um, whenever I saw that, I just thought it was kind of crazy how much the media was pushing a narrative of war against Iran. And a lot of the ways that they were doing it kind of seemed like they were already trying to justify it. And it just like pushed a shit ton of existential buttons with me because it really makes you wonder how much we value human life as a species.
and that just fucked with me because it really seems like the government or like governments in general will just look for any reason to try to justify endless violence. Fuck all that noise. It's kind of mind-boggling to think about how these structures end up amassing so much power to where they can just kill so many people. Is there a fucking reason why so many people want to die for no reason, too? Does that seem ominous to anybody? That, like, all of a sudden it's like, hey, we might possibly go to war with Iran. And you know that there are some people who are just like, fuck yes, sign me the fuck up. Let's go. Let's do it. And it's like, do you know anything about Iran? I mean, I'm I'm a pretty smart person, but I don't really know that much off the top of my head either. I do know we tried to, like, overthrow them in the 50s or the 80s or some crazy shit like that. And I know I'm not pulling that out of my ass. I'll fucking link to something on there. Because a lot of the time people are just literally trying to start war for no fucking reason. And most of the time, hate to break it to you, kids... We've got no business. We've got no business there. Unless the business is murdering. Just trying to vibe, bruh. I ain't trying to get all up in your war and shit. Y'all want to war? Fight each other. But not me. Don't bring me into this shit. I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying to listen to Doja Cat. Shake my ass in the gym. Eventually learn how to do a split. Drink some Moscato. Shout out to my friend Jacob, because he got me two fucking bottles of mead on my birthday. But fuck that. I ain't gonna die in your war. The fuck? If I'm gonna die for anybody, it's gonna be for myself, because I finally fucking annoyed myself to the point where I just couldn't even take it anymore. I probably put my car on cruise control at, like, 10 miles an hour and then laid underneath it. That's what happened. But not dying in no war. Fuck that. Maybe a Vogue battle. I'll die in a Vogue battle or a disco party or something, but I ain't go die in no fucking country that has a language that I don't even know how to speak. The fuck? So on my birthday, I ended up creating a fundraiser for The Greco Show, and um, you may have heard of it. Maybe you didn't hear of it. Maybe this is your first time hearing of it. Um, it's gonna go on until the end of January. I really just started it for my birthday because, you know, your birthday and Christmas are, like, the only socially acceptable time where you can ask for things for some reason. And, um, the show is hella important to me. I originally had a $300 goal that I was trying to raise, but then I got realistic and I was like, what can we do with $300? And the answer is not very fucking much. Especially because the first project that I did for the show ended up costing me $80 for gas alone. Just because I had to drive super duper far. And I was like, um, if there's other important things... I don't want to have to worry financially about whether or not I'm going to be able to produce the kind of art that I want. So I immediately knew uh, after that $300 goal that it had to be more serious than that. I love the show and um, I really want to be able to do the show without risking any kind of financial bullshit over stupid things um like having to get gas <laughs> like that just kind of broke my fucking heart um I'm sorry I'm flipping through pages here <laughs> originally I was trying to raise $300 but I upped it up to $500 because I thought Okay, 500 that's a decent chunk of change. If anything happens, if any equipment breaks or anything, I won't have to worry about a single thing. Guys, we so far have raised $663. That is fucking awesome. $663? Wow. 
Um, <laughs> it kind of feels surreal to even say that, like, we did that shit. But uh, about 580 was raised on Facebook. After Facebook takes their cut, that goes down to 558. And then people Venmoed me to get around Facebook's 2% charge or anything like that. So we got $105 from that. That is so fucking cool. I can't even believe it. Um, so basically, the money that does get donated to the Greco Show is only going to go for gas, equipment, and domain registration, SoundCloud, any kind of thing that is just a bare fucking necessity um, will be put to good use. I am a cheap motherfucker, by the way. So if you do give me any money, just know that I am not bullshitting with it. I have this shit in a separate account. I'm not even going to fucking touch the shit unless I absolutely have to. So, like I said, if you do want to end up giving to that fundraiser, some people are even Venmoing me to get around Facebook's 2% thing. Check us out on facebook.com slash show, It should be our pinned post for the rest of the month. So yeah, I mostly wanted to do this episode so that way you guys know that I'm alive, that I did not give up after the first episode of my fucking show. <laughs> One of my friends actually texted me literally yesterday and was like, hey, so no pressure. When's the next episode? It's been like two weeks. And I was like, Ah! Because I've been working so hard. Like, oh my god. First of all, um, I did, I recorded one of my interviews yesterday. So next episode, we are going to have a very special guest. I'm not going to reveal who it is just yet, but if you have not heard of Dragula... You have a week to look into it. It's basically a spooky version of RuPaul's Drag Race. It started as an Amazon show. Um, it got picked up by Netflix. It charted Amazon several times. Every time it had a new episode, it was featured in Amazon. Same thing with Netflix, too. Um, so if you haven't heard of it, please just go and watch the first episode. I'm going to include... A link to it on gregjgray.com, which is where I post the episodes as well with um, written descriptions and stuff. I'm going to include um, some links to Dracula so that way you can know what you're getting into next week. I'm super duper excited to speak with that guest and to share our interview with you guys. I really have just been busy trying to do a lot of production shit for the show in terms of planning, getting equipment down and ready. I had to send a camera lens to go get repaired. And um, yeah, after sending my camera to get fixed, that was just a giant fucking breath of relief. I think it's covered under warranty and everything. So to know that that's going to be covered and I won't even have to dig into fundraiser money for that is fucking awesome. There's like a whole schedule that everything has to run on and I just dove straight into it last time so all of the planning really does take a lot. There has been some existential shit that I've been thinking of too. Like whenever my friend asked me if I ended up getting imposter syndrome that really did kind of make me think about shit a little bit because um, the album cover or like the podcast cover for this episode was done with one of my longest friends. His name is Jacob. And uh, in the middle of me like getting ready while I was putting my makeup on, I was telling him how I kind of am super comfortable with the idea of doing the podcast now. Like, imposter syndrome is finally the thing that I don't have because I don't feel the need to, like, live up to anybody's perception. And the only time that I actually feel 
like that again is whenever it's been two fucking weeks and I haven't released an episode. So if I go through droughts of not posting or something like that, if if you absolutely want to talk to me somehow, some way, just send me a message or send me episode ideas or topics or if there's anything that you would want me to discuss, um, we can do like asking for a friend or something like that. I would love to do that. Shit, that would actually be super helpful. Like if somebody was like, hey, just do asking for a friend this week while I work on longer episodes, that would be fucking amazing. If you guys ever have a topic that you would like me to touch on, send me a message on Facebook and be like, hey, I want to talk about this or even Twitter too. Twitter and Facebook are where I'm going to take a lot of uh, messages and stuff regarding the show. I'm really working on a lot of uh, different types of content for the Grego show to do. So that way it's not just like, oh yeah, I'm just living my life. No, I want to like actually have things that I discuss um, like my love for Divine. Seriously, go fucking check her out. But no, I'm actually super excited about this project and um, I want to give you the best shit possible. I love you guys. Last but not least, I really want to thank everybody and I mean everybody who sent love to me for the first episode. I got so many messages and on my birthday too, the messages that I was getting on my birthday about the podcast and seeing donations come in from some people that I've had as friends on the internet for a while and like some people that I just became friends with on the internet. It was like every single time that somebody just pitched in even like five bucks or something, I was just fucking floored because that means so much to me that people believe in me enough to want to contribute to the vision of what I'm trying to do here. That's fucking beautiful. And you guys are beautiful. And speaking of donations and all of that, like I said, the fundraiser is going to be open all month. And I did a very special shout out thing on Facebook where anybody who donated gets a shout out. So we're going to dig into that here. I'm also going to do a shout out next time that I have a solo episode. Next week, we are going to have a guest. I'm not going to reveal who just yet. And also check out Dragula. It's an amazing show. Jesus Christ. Like, if you want to talk about good reality television that is competition-based, Dragula is awesome. They included people of different types of gender expression in uh, the drag competition. So, like, it's not just men who identify as men pretending to be women. You have, like, non-binary people. It's amazing, and it really, really expands the way that, like, drag can be interpreted. So, Please check it out so that way you can be super excited next week for whenever I sit down with our next guest who is a star from Dracula. That's D-R-A-G-U-L-A. Like Dracula, but with a G. Spooky, wonderful, glamorous creature. And I can't wait for you guys to hear our amazing interview. So back to the people who helped out the Grego show. Here are the shout outs that you guys all deserve. And as I name some of these names, I'm going to throw in just some memories or things as they come. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try and make it somewhat interesting. The last episode I talked about how I was fucking crazy. So let's just see what memories come to mind when I read some of these. The first person is Ashley, who is a super-duper fucking hilarious girl. Uh, we had Spanish class together, like, junior or senior year of high school. 
And uh, I made up this crazy fucking story to Ashley with my best friend at the time. Her name was Emily. Uh, we made up this rumor to her that Emily was pregnant. And I used to always make up rumors of my friends for no fucking reason. Well, mainly just Emily because I thought it was super fucking funny. But... For most of the school, I made up a rumor that she was a lesbian just because I thought it was funny and I'm a fucking asshole. And to Ashley specifically, we made a rumor that Emily was pregnant and that, like, she might have gotten her kids taken away from her or something. And, like, Ashley believed it for the longest time. I don't know if I ever made it official and told her that Emily was never pregnant but if I, if I didn't, and you're listening to this, Ashley, yeah, that was all bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I really do hope that I told you that was a lie, because if not, that's going to be kind of fucking crazy for you to find out now, um, six years later. I'm going to keep on reading through some of these names now. So there's Ashley... James, who is a wonderful friend of mine. Chris, who said he would be down to DJ at my parents' house for my party. His DJ name is Stay Frosty, but it's with a five and two eyes. So it's S-T-A-Y-F-R-O, like fro, five T-I-I. So again, if you're down for that fucking DJ party, come through and fucking jam and party with us. Dianera, who is one of my best friends, she was my VP for the Association of Hispanic Journalists at Texas State. I also worked with her at the Meadows Center. She's a really wonderful and talented uh, graphic designer. If you need a logo done, look up Lady Di Designs. That's L-A-D-Y-D-Y Designs. Lady Die Designs. Shout out to Dianera. You are fucking awesome. I love you so much. Also, big thanks to Jackie, part of me, Familia. I love you. Kirsty, who is hilarious. She sent me a message that, like, after I thanked her for donating, she said, You don't have to thank me. I would literally buy jars of your shit on Etsy because I love you that much. And that is the support that I'm looking for in 2020. And I fucking mean that, too. Like, you guys don't understand. A share, a comment, a heart react, literally all of it helps Facebook's algorithm in getting my podcast out to more people. So Kirsty has that undying love that I'm looking for. Cynthia also donated, and she's a fucking boss. We worked at Nissan together. If you're listening to this, I love you so much, and I hope you never doubt how much sunshine you bring into people's life just by being a part of it. I love you. Doran, who is a flash mob buddy of mine, he's also a super fucking genius. Thank you for giving to the show. There's actually a video of me and Doran and some of my other friends flash mobbing our high school prom with Diplo, Express Yourself. Um, it's this, like, really crazy dance song, and we flashed mob the shit out of high school prom. Um, I'll post that video just for the fuck of it. Thank you, Sarah, Jordy, Miss Shay's Lounge, who is a past Vogue Ball winner, Legends Edition. She won the Gods Among Us Challenge as... Uh, Isis, the Egyptian goddess. This lady literally shot a fireball. 100% woman. I gagged. Thank you, Shays. Brian, my gay dad, who you heard in the opening of the show, uh, he has a restaurant in New York. It's called Brookvin. If you're in Brooklyn, go and check it out. Tell your friends. That's my gay dad's restaurant. Holla. Tristan, thank you so much. Monica, who is a wonderful figure drawing 
professor. I model for her pretty often, actually. She encouraged me a lot to go through and finally do this podcast as well. So thank you, Monica. Love you. Uh, thank you, Tilly, who is my sister's boyfriend. Um, it really means a ton to have your support as well. Miss Pryor, who was my videography teacher in high school. She's hilarious. I love you so much, Miss Pryor. If you're listening to this, I hope you never doubt how much I love you. You're the bomb. Um, also, Colton, thank you. Paul Morado, who is a badass painter. I did a feature on him back when I used to work for this online art magazine called Underground Minds. Paul Morado, check him out. His website is moradoworld.com. That's Morado, M-O-R-A-D-O, world. Com. I mean, this dude's art is fucking beautiful. So thank you, Paul. He also does designing as well. So that is one talented bastard. <laughs> I would also like to give a shout out to Victoria, who did my tarot reading. Her Instagram is P-W-R-P-U-S-S Powerpuss. Um, she's also super duper gorgeous and stylish AF. I would also like to thank Gabriel from high school. I would also like to thank July Moreno. She is behind the Mermaid Society in San Marcos. It promotes the local environment and the arts in San Marcos. Um, I used to do public relations stuff for them. So shout out to July. Thank you so much for believing in me, and also thank you to Lance from high school and Drusilla, who is a fucking... Ugh. I love Drusilla so much. She's living in, like, Seattle or, I don't know, somewhere up north. She's working on building her own van that she can, like, live in. Drusilla is the shit. That is, like, my spiritual guide right there. Like, Drew has turned me on to so much hippie shit that I would have otherwise never fucked with. And she has been right about all of it so far. So, shout out to Drew. That basically wraps up this episode. Um, like I said, I wanted to make sure that you guys know I didn't give up. I still believe in the show. I'm trying to make some really great shit for us here. Hope to speak to you guys next week. Or actually, no, next week we're going to have a special guest. Like I said, there's going to be a link in the show notes. There is so much coming this year already. I just want to be able to speak about it and get to it all whenever I can. In the meantime, I hope that you feel all of the love that I feel in my heart right now for you and take it easy. I hope that this week is amazing. If you feel like you need to take any breaks this weekend or during the week next week or whatever week that you listen to this, listen to your heart. Listen to your motherfucking heart. Do what you need to do, baby. Don't nobody know your body like you know your body. Start being true with yourself. Take it to the next level. Shit, I believe in you. You better believe in you, bitch. If you don't believe in you, how is anybody else supposed to believe in you, bitch? Not that you need their approval because most people are fucking assholes anyways, but not you. As always, share the memes. Give me love. Hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. I love you motherfuckers so much. You're beautiful. I hope you drink lots of water and that your skin looks beautiful for the rest of forever. Bye.
nobody want to die in that war? Got me fucked up. There's a bunch of deer outside of my car right now. I'm recording in my car. There's like five deer, six, right outside of my car. And as soon as I said, don't nobody want to die in that war, they all looked at me. So they're probably going to try and fucking put me in the draft. I ain't dying for y'all neither. Fuck y'all. Uh -huh.